Hi, you're listening to the Mutual Audio Network. And no, we're not trying to sell you anything. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. And now, Dakota Ring Theater presents the continuing adventures of Canada's greatest superhero, that scourge of the underworld, hunter of those who prey upon the innocent, that marvelous masked mystery man known only as the Red Panda! The Red Panda, mysterious crusader for justice, hides his true identity of August Fenwick, one of the city's wealthiest men, in his never-ending battle against crime and corruption. Only his wife and partner, Kit Baxter Fenwick, who joins him in his quest in the guise of the Flying Squirrel, knows who wears the mask of the Red Panda. This episode, Just Like Clockwork. Mister. Hey, mister. Are you all right? What? What did you say? Are you all right? I don't know. Where am I? Lying on your back in the middle of an alley, which is kind of what prompted the question. Are you hurt? I... I don't think so. Can you move? I think so. Then maybe you ought to. It's not safe here. Come on, sit up. Like this? Sure, just like that. Boy, there's not a mark on you, is there? I cannot tell. You can't... You got a funny way of talking, you know that? Do I? I spotted you down here from my window in my room. I thought you were hurt. Then maybe you've been mugged. But you don't look like you've been roughed up. I'm sorry? I didn't mean it like that. It's just a peculiar place to take a nap, is all. You don't look much like you've been drinking. Have you? I don't know. Then I guess maybe you have. But you don't seem like the type. What type do I seem like? The type that shouldn't hang around dark alleys in this part of town. Come on, it isn't safe here. You're right, it isn't. Come on! Stand up, we've got to go! You two lovebirds aren't going anywhere. Spread out, boys. Looks like Christmas came early. What do you want? <laughs> what do you think we want? We'll start with Sleeping Beauty's wallet. I have no wallet. Just empty your pockets then, Professor. They... they are empty. Too bad for you. You don't set foot in our turf if you can't pay the toll. Leave him alone! He's hurt! He will be. No, you can't do this! He was lying here unconscious. Somebody must have already robbed him. What about you, Precious? Maybe we can cut him loose and keep you. Get away from me! I didn't mean to give you the impression that you had a lot of say in this. She told you to get away from her. Shut up, Princess. This is your lucky day. You get to walk out of here if you go now. Step away. You hear that, boys? We've got to step away now. <laughs> Please, mister. You can't stop them. you got to save yourself. Better listen to her, pal. Walk away now. No. No? Please! You're just one man. What can you do? I can do this. <coughs> Holy cow! He socked me! Get him, you idiots! <coughs> that was... That was incredible. How did you do that? I don't know. You don't? We should leave this place. It isn't safe here. You came to that conclusion, did you? Quiet! Get back here. Into the shadows. What is it? I heard something. From the rooftops. The rooftops? Something is coming. Something? Something bad. I, I can't explain. We have to go. Where? I don't know. Come on. My rooming house is just over there. We must go quickly and silently. 
Who are you? I... I don't know. Holy Hannah, it looks like a tornado cut through this alley. It is a little dramatic, isn't it? And very recent. Check over there. What happened here? A gang scrap? If it was, it was the most one-sided fight in history. I know most of these thugs. Hmm, small-timers, but violent. And you're right. Last I checked, they all ran together. Though, that kind of thing can change fast down here. It does, but it didn't. What you're basing on... Look around. They all appear to have been carrying knives. There's a pistol over there by the fat one. But there are no holes in any of these mooks. Nice work, Pappy. Every one of these toughs was knocked cold by some sort of blunt force trauma. Can't tell if there was a weapon involved or how many opponents they faced. I make it one. One? Are you sure? No, but it's too narrow in here for many more. And look at the pattern these chumps are laying in. Like a daisy with a space in the middle. Does it remind you of anything? It does almost look like your handiwork. Or yours. Hmm. It looks to me like these clowns had one guy surrounded. Somebody they weren't as ready for as they thought they were. Interesting. I wish we had time to investigate more. Maybe somebody is helping us out. You know what a dim view I normally take of that. Yes, boss. Should we cuff them and flag down a cop? What would they be charged with? Bleeding without a license? Maybe. If it keeps them off the streets for a day, it's worth it. Fair enough. But let's hurry about it. We've got a long night ahead of us. And if we don't pick up the trail soon, it ain't gonna have a happy ending either. I'm sorry about my landlady. She's not used to my having a gentleman caller in the evening. Are you comfortable? Yes. This is very nice. Oh, you're just being polite. This parlor's awful plain. No one uses it much. Well, it seems very nice to me. Though, to be fair, the only other place I can remember being is that alley, so that might have something to do with it. Listen, are you serious about that? About what? About your memory. About not knowing who you are or where you've been. Yes. But it's so fantastic. Like something you'd read about in one of those magazines. Which magazines? You aren't going to keep doing that, are you? I think that I probably am. Does it bother you? Don't worry about me. After saving my neck just now, you'd have to go a long way to offend me. Remember, you were only there to need saving because you came out to save me. I suppose I did at that. I don't think it was anything all that brave. You took a terrible chance standing up to that whole gang. Where did you... Oh, jeez. What? I almost asked where you learned to fight like that, but you don't know, do you? I don't. I'm sorry. Don't be. I should be used to it by now. Gosh, I just realized... I don't even know what to call you. I don't know what to tell you. If it helps, I'll answer to anything. That's very obliging. Let's call you John. It's a little plain, but it gives us the best odds of being right. All right. John it is. Hello, John. I'm Ann Collier. Well, Anne, I'm very pleased to meet you. Again. Boy, this is just about the craziest thing I can remember. Me too. Stop that. Let me have a look at your head. Why's that? Why's that? Because you were stone cold when I found you, and now you can't remember a thing. You must have taken a nasty knock. Hold still. Yes, ma'am. See anything? No. I can't see a bruise or bump or cut or anything. But the light in here isn't very good. We should really get you to a doctor. No doctors. Well, you sure about that at any rate? I'm sorry. 
It was just a feeling. I can't explain. Like before? When something bad was coming? Yes. Yes. There seem to be things that I know, but I don't know that I know them. Well, that's clear as mud. And one of them is to stay away from doctors. Gosh, you're as bad as my father. All right, then. What do we do? There is... There is danger... something. Something bad? Yes. From the rooftops. I can't... Something is coming and it won't stop. I've put you in danger by coming here. Whoa, mister. Where do you think you're going? There is... There is a place I'm supposed to go. Somewhere safe. I'll get my coat. It's too dangerous. You should stay here. Listen, John. I don't know if you've noticed, but my neighborhood isn't exactly peaches and cream at the best of times. And you just handled six of the scariest customers I've ever seen without breaking a sweat. So I figure that the safest place I could be is right with you. Besides, I bet whoever you are, it's somebody exciting. And there's no way I'm getting left out. But Anne... And you haven't exactly got much in the way of common sense just now, have you? Seems to me that you could use my help. All right. I'm not going to argue with you. Smart boy. Let me just tell Mrs. McAllister that I'm going out, and we'll go find your secret identity. Sorry to keep you waiting. I understand, Dr. Carlson. It's an awkward situation. Trying to get in to see a patient isn't normally complicated, but when that patient is under the care of another doctor, in a different hospital, and happens to be a notorious supervillain, it does become rather a lot of strings to pull. Don't you have contacts on the police who can help you with this sort of thing? Any police contacts I might have would be even less eager than you to admit that connection publicly. If it were a suspect in a holding cell or even a prison cell, it would be another matter. But in a brightly lit hospital surrounded by press and armed guards... I turned to a trusted agent, yes. And not that I don't value that trust, but I'm afraid you won't be able to interrogate the patient. Did I fail to impress upon you how important this was, Doctor? I generally assume as much when you appear at my window, but you did too good a job when you took him down. He's catatonic. His doctors aren't even sure what's wrong with him. We overloaded a mental projection transmitter he was using to exert control over his creations. The resulting shockwave of psychic energy burnt out all the active units at a stroke and caused the catatonia he is now experiencing. You'll forgive me if I don't pass that diagnosis along. Mostly because I have no idea what you're talking about. He's in shock. I'm reasonably certain he'll make a full recovery. That's good news, but it doesn't really help us today. He shows no signs of recovery yet, and even if he regained consciousness, he couldn't possibly withstand a hypnotic interrogation. We may not have a choice. I can't be a party to that. You took an oath, Dr. Carlson. I took two, actually, and one of them was to do no harm. If the Flying Squirrel and I don't get some clue to the missing piece of this madman's plans... You may be doing more harm than you know. Then you must have better things to do than have a completely hypothetical argument with me. Even if I agreed with you, and even if I could get you in to see him, Captain Clockwork is in a coma. There is no way to force any information from his mind until he wakes, and there is no way to predict when that will be. You're right, of course. You and she have always found a way before. I'm sure you will again. I wish I shared your confidence, Dr. Carlson. But if it is misplaced, there is no telling what doom might befall this city. And even the Red Panda may be powerless to stop it. You are listening to the Red Panda Adventures from Decoder Ring Theater. Your address for adventure, mystery, and comedy.
John? John, where did you go? I'm over here. Quietly, Anne. I don't like this. Why not? This place looks like... like something bad happened here. It looks that way, doesn't it? And if this is supposed to be your safe place, why was there a policeman guarding it downstairs? I don't know, but I assume it had something to do with whatever happened here. Then why did we have to sneak past him? I don't know. It was just... A feeling that you can't explain? That line's not getting tired already, is it? That line was born tired. What could I have said to him, Anne? Hello, officer. I have an unmistakable feeling that I'm connected to this place somehow. Do you happen to know what it is? Or, for that matter, who I am? You see my point. (laughs) I kind of do. Doesn't change the fact it's still creepy as all get out in here. You're right. Uh, Come on, I'll take you home. I can come back later. I didn't say that, you big lug. You're not getting rid of me that easy. I'm not trying to get rid of you. I just want you to be safe. Yeah? Yeah. So keep me safe. Maybe I'll do that. I don't think there's much left here to find. Looks like somebody else robbed the place. Do you think so? Would explain why the police were here, wouldn't it? It's a fair point. Shine your torch over here, would you? These... these little... I don't know what to call them. Alcoves. I was gonna say closets, but there's no doors. Look at them all. Two, three, four... There are nine of them, all empty. Why? What should be in them? Would you believe me if I said I didn't know? I'm not sure I'd believe anything else. It looks like something used to be in there, though. Look, there's hardware in the wall still, but everything's been stripped out. Still think it's a robbery? I don't know. Isn't a sneak thief a coward, like those thugs in the alley were? I can understand taking the valuables, but to take the time to take everything. Many hands make light work. I don't understand. Maybe there were lots of them. That invites attention. So I guess they weren't worried about that. There were... There were cabinets here. Large metal cabinets. And some sort of electrical equipment. Workbenches. I remember... This would have been a big job even for a large crew... They would still have to be in a hurry if they wanted to avoid the police. That's it. What is? Who could take the time to clear out a big place like this without worrying about the police at all? Who? The police! But... but that doesn't make... And you don't think the police would steal like that, do you? Of course not. But it means there might be more going on here than you know. And in the middle of a dark, empty room might not be the smartest place to try and figure out what it is. Then what? I don't know. Let's get some coffee. Somewhere warmer. Come on. I remember. John, please, let's get out of here. Every so often, I see something familiar and some scrap comes back. John! I remember. John, please, I'm frightened. You're safe with me. I'm frightened for you. You think that it's a coincidence? That whatever happened here happens on the same night that you wake up in an alley with Swiss cheese where your memory used to be? You're in the middle of something, and I'm afraid that whatever it is, is going to catch up with you before you're ready for it. Anne, I'm sorry. I just know that this is important. There's something that I'm meant to do. People may be counting on me, and if you're right and the police are on the wrong side of this, I don't know who to trust. Besides you, I know we just met, but I feel like I've known you my whole life. You think you're pretty funny, don't you? I do, actually. (laughs) So what now? I have to see the mayor. You mean the actual mayor? Is there another? John. I'm sure of it now, Anne. I don't know if I'm meant to 
bring him a message or, or warn him or protect him. So what are you going to do? Hope that he knows. Oh, good. At least there's a plan. I'm sure of it now. This is what I was meant to do. I have to find the mayor. <coughs> Sparky, I can't begin to tell you how much that's not going to happen. And get behind me. Move away from the woman. What's happening, John? John? It's them from the rooftops. I remember now. I don't have a clear line. Can you take it out? Not until we get the hostage clear. Hostage? Lady, get down. Anne, you've got to get out of here. It's me they want. Boss? Not yet. If we trip the charge, we could blow this whole room sky high. Run, Anne, please. No, I won't leave you. All right, lady. Calm. I need you to back out of the room nice and slow. You're... you're the flying squirrel. And you're... Anne, please. They're dangerous. I'm not sure I can protect you. Protect you? But... but they're supposed to be heroes. Please, do what you want with me. Just don't harm the girl. I'm not leaving. Why are you doing this? Boss, what the screaming blue hack is going on here? Miss, I don't want you to be frightened. But you have to let us deal with this. Please, he hasn't done anything wrong. He? He's been hurt. He doesn't even remember who he is. He isn't anyone. What does that mean? Anne, please, get out of here before you get hurt. I want to know what's happening. Boss? All right. But I need you to stay very calm. Thirty-six hours ago, we became aware that our old foe, Captain Clockwork, was back in business. Captain Clockwork? I've heard of him. Brilliant scientist and deranged supervillain? Specializes in building mechanical men and setting them loose on the city? Captain Clockwork. His ten men get better every time around. We learn to detect them, he learns to hide them again. We learn their weaknesses, he overcomes it. The genie improved his designs, and Clockwork's men got a hundred times more lifelike. But he still meant to control them himself, with a device that extended his mental control to their robotic minds. We used that same psychic frequency to overload his projector and thwart his plans. His plans? But what is this... Clockwork meant to hold the city hostage by setting in motion nine of his fiendish devices, each under his control. They were the perfect weapons. They could walk and talk could blend into the population and hit their targets at his command. Their targets? They each had some basic information as a failsafe. They knew what their intended targets were. They knew to try and stay away from us and from anyone that could have discovered they weren't really human. Like a doctor? Yes. But when we found this place, we knew we had a problem. Only eight of Clockwork's robots were completely active when we'd sent out the overload signal. They were all destroyed. But... The ninth one was missing. Why are you telling us this? John knows. Don't you, John? Yes. I don't understand. I followed your trail from that alley. You're just lucky you've got a nosy landlady. She eavesdropped just enough to know you were looking for a safe place. That had to mean it was headed back here. What it? She means me. What? That isn't a man at all, sister. It's a walking, talking bomb. Programmed to get close to the mayor and blow himself up. That... that's absurd. No, it isn't. The ninth mechanical man staggered from this place half aware. He must have collapsed in that alley where you found him. Absent the input from Clockwork's control device, he imprinted on the first mind he encountered. Yours. But... but he saved me in that alley. She helped me. She was willing to sacrifice herself to save me. And you learned quickly. This is crazy. You're not a machine. Not if your heart is human. You can't destroy him! Anne, it's all right. No, it isn't all right. How can you say that? 
Lady, it's not like we have a lot of alternatives. Maybe we do, Squirrel. Maybe we do. How did it go? She was waiting for him at the train station, all right. I still can't believe it. Are you sure about this? The explosives were a simple matter to remove, as was the control interface. John is now completely independent. And if a week's worth of psychological tests suggests that he's as human as you or I, and probably better adjusted, who are we to argue? But he's a machine. If nothing else, he's got fantastic strength and speed. Can we really set something loose on the world and just pretend he's a man? What makes a man? It used to be a theoretical question. You talk to him. Doesn't he seem like a good man, intelligent, motivated by compassion and even love? Seems, yes. But we just set him and Anne Collier off on a new life. How can we be sure? We can't. This may end up being one of my more memorable blunders. But it was what she wanted. And I thought of another young girl who made the strange choice to fall for a man she probably should have run away from. This man liked to wear a mask and throw himself off buildings after criminals. Not a life that most would find desirable, and it might yet all end in tragedy. But it was what she chose. And I can't imagine what life would be like if she hadn't. Well, you'd be dead. So, it wouldn't really matter. Very likely. So, you reformed a robot as what? A gesture to romance? I didn't do anything except admit the possibility that there might be more to being human than flesh and blood. <laughs> That's my guess. Hiding behind philosophy. Admit it. You just like a happy ending now and again, don't you? You big softy. Yes, boss. And so concludes another adventure of the Red Panda! This recording and the story, characters, and situations contained therein are the exclusive property of their creator and copyright holder, Greg Taylor, and are produced and distributed by Decoder Ring Theater through arrangement with him. These recordings may not be rebroadcast or redistributed by any means for any reason without express permission. Until next time, when Decoder Ring Theater brings you the further thrilling adventures of Canada's greatest superhero, this is Stephen Burley reminding you DecoderRingTheater.com is your address to adventure! The Red Panda Adventures, episode 52, Just Like Clockwork, was written and directed by Greg Taylor, with original music by Andrea Lyons, and featured the vocal talents of Julie Cogger, Christopher Mott, Stephen Burley, Hans Messerschmidt, Clarissa Dunetterlanden, and Greg Taylor. Until next time, for all of us here, good night. Apparently you enjoy listening to audio dramas, since you're hearing this message. I'll keep it short so you can get back to the fun stuff. If you would like to see and experience how all these stories, voices, sound effects, and music come together to create theater of the mind, make plans to visit the Modern Audio Drama Convention in Halifax, Nova Scotia, July 24th through 26, 2020. Meet the creators. Find out how to write, record, mix, sweeten, and produce movies that play in your head. See what the voices you hear actually look like. We never look like we sound. For all the details, visit madcon.com. That's M-A-D, as in modern audio drama, then dash, as in dash on over, then con, as in convention, duh, then dot, as in it'll be the most fun you've had in a while, period, then com, as in come on over, we'll love to see you. Madcon, your ears and brain will thank you.